Do you want Washington bureaucrats telling you how much the items you buy at the store cost? Well, based on some uh, changes to some antitrust laws, that might be the future you can come to expect. So naturally, we gotta talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Cardio Miracle Studios here in lovely Eastern Indiana. Folks, take control of your heart health with Cardio Miracle. It is specially designed and formulated to help support circulation, improve blood flow, and of course, enhance your overall cardiovascular health. Notice more energy, less fatigue, better rest, and gentlemen, better sexual health as well. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Transform your heart health. Get Cardio Miracle today at cardiomiracle.com. Use code TBNS for 15% off your order. Yes, the Cardio Miracle difference is real. I've been using Cardio Miracle now for four plus months, and not only have I seen the Cardio Miracle difference for myself, but hey, family of uh, history of blood pressure always being high. Well, guess what? Yours truly seeing the impacts for myself firsthand. I know you can too. And by the way, you have nothing to lose except that uh, just unnecessary un- uh, high blood pressure, the, the unnecessary, uh, I guess, uh, sadness in the bedroom, gentlemen. Get your 100% money back guaranteed offer of Cardio Miracle. Head to CardioMiracle.com, code TBNS, 15% off your order at checkout. Quite literally the best heart health supplement in the world. Now, for today's episode, right now you need to go get your Cardio Miracle before the U.S. government starts to mess with things, specifically in the world of antitrust laws, making what you're purchasing online more expensive. To discuss that and more, joining us today, Carl Zabo. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey Brian, you clearly you clearly are a user because you are amped up. I love it. Let's let's rock and roll. <laughs> it's the cardio miracle difference, Carl. Get you rocking and rolling, uh, and I'll be uh, definitely carrying it through the episode. Hopefully, uh, as we talk about antitrust laws and how that's going to be impacting everybody as they are heading to the holidays this year. Well, maybe not this year, but maybe next year. Talk to us about what what's going on here in the world of antitrust and where the U.S. government specifically. The G, uh, DOJ and FTC, they're starting to, to take uh, some looks there. Yeah, okay. So I do hope everyone's amped up because antitrust law sounds really, really droll. It sounds really boring. I promise you, you may think it's boring, but if you don't pay attention, you're going to regret it because you're going to pay for it literally. Out of, out of the, out of the um, We've got... The Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice. These are two three-letter agencies. You probably heard of the Department of Justice, this Federal Trade Commission. They essentially regulate the entire U.S. economy. They regulate everything, whether it is a gas station, a Staples, whether it is a, a supermarket or a convenience store. They regulate it all. And they regulate it in a pretty, pretty tough regulatory way. And tough is not good in this case. Also, both of them, enforce what's called the antitrust law. So that's pretty common in the US government. Rather than having, you know, paying for one agency to do something, you can have two at twice the price. And that's basically what you're seeing here with the dual enforcement authority from both the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice. Okay, so what does that actually mean for me? What does that actually mean for you? 
antitrust law is at the center of what allows businesses to operate. I'll give you a quick example. Um, we're, we're going through a chips crisis right now, right? Uh, Not potato know, chips. You can't get talking about chips. microchips. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can't get you can't get microchips. Uh, it was really bad. You couldn't get a car yeah. because they they were missing in action. Uh, it's really bad right now. You can't get like a graphics uh, uh, card for your your video game system because they're really rare. So you had two businesses that were going to merge together. You had ARM and Nvidia, and they were actually going to merge, and they would actually be able to make more chips more efficiently at lower prices. Sounds like a good idea, right? No, not according to the Federal Trade Commission. They decided, well, no, we don't like that. Uh, that'll be too successful. That'll be too too enjoyable for people. We're not going to let it happen. And so what do we have now? Well, I don't know about you. You can't. I can't afford a video card for my computer right now because they are too darn expensive. Right now, the chips are going out the door. They're flying off the shelves as we do this AI push. But if we can actually make them better, cheaper, faster. That's great for everybody, but not according to the Federal Trade Commission. They squashed that merger. Another one for everyone who's doing the flying for Thanksgiving or, or for Christmas. Okay, two airlines were gonna merge. Spirit and JetBlue, not exactly airline behemoths. Uh, I mean, Spirit is, is probably the most budget of airlines. JetBlue runs a couple of routes. Right now, most every route is run by either United, American Airlines, Southwest, or Delta. And without competition in the marketplace, prices keep going up. I don't know about you, my ticket prices keep going up. Well, Spirit and uh, JetBlue wanted to merge so that they could compete with the big four. Federal Trade Commission said, no, we're not gonna do that. And literally just this past week, uh, the director of the Department of Justice Antitrust Division said, because we blocked that merger, we're helping consumers. No, you're doing the exact opposite. Because if JetBlue and Spirit can compete with the other big four, that's more competition at scale, that's gonna push prices lower. So what is this all part of at the end of the day? This is actually, you know, I, I will give, give her credit. Senator Warren has done an incredible job on this. She gained this out over more than a decade to begin changing the way the American economy operates. And antitrust is a key part of that plan. If, if she can seize control of how businesses grow, how businesses merge, how, uh, how businesses decide to innovate, they can control the entire US economy. So this is not some like esoteric discussion. This is actually right at the heart of, of Elizabeth Warren's plan. So what did she do? She put two of her acolytes in key political positions. The first is a man by the name of Jonathan Cantor, who is running the antitrust division at the Department of Justice. And the other is the chair of the Federal Trade Commission, Lena Kahn. She's about 34, year old, 34 years old, and neither of which, neither of these individuals has worked a day in their lives in a real job a real blue collar job. Yeah, one of them worked for a law firm, but that's a little different from making stuff by hand. Neither of them have ever signed the front of a check. They've only signed the back of it. And none of them know what it's like to build a business, to grow a business, to deal with invoices, losses, bringing on employees, how to expand, because they've never had to. Lena Khan, my favorite example, she's, keep in mind, she's chair of 
the agency that runs the entire U.S. economy. She went straight from college to law school, then to a think tank, then to Capitol Hill for a year, and then basically went to run the Federal Trade Commission. That's not the type of person you put in charge of a bakery, let alone the entity running the entire U.S. economy. But because both of them are acolytes of Senator Elizabeth Warren, because both of them fundamentally believe that success is sinful, that in America, anyone can make it so long as they don't make too much, they were put in these positions of power. And now they're bending over backwards to break the things that make American great and the things that we love, like Google, like Meta, like Amazon, like life-saving technology from businesses like Illumina Grail. And that's going to impact us all. Let me tell you, I hear from way too many small business owners who are fed up with their outdated IT that just can't keep up anymore. And that's why our sponsors at Serpent Networks have solutions designed specifically to help small and medium businesses turn technology into an asset, not a liability. Their strategic solution aligns to your goals so you get efficiency and productivity firing on all cylinders. If you need to get out of the IT stone age, visit serpentnetworks.com and schedule a free consultation. Serpent will customize a plan to make your IT a profit driver. One more time, Serpent Networks, your IT problem solvers. Let's give the steel man argument, Carl, because I'm sure this is what Elizabeth Warren's acolytes will be saying, right? They'll be saying, but Carl, an organization like Amazon, like JetBlue and Spirit, name the, the merger, name the large entity, well, once they accomplish dun 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 monopoly status, 50 uh, 50% plus one of the market share, all of a sudden, guess what, Carl? They can raise those prices on all those poor consumers. They're going to have uh, a, a terrible impact on the ability for consumers to buy these different products. Heck, they're going to they're going to disrupt this entire market entirely. That's not fair, Carl. Where 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 are we getting this yeah. argument wrong? Yeah. Uh, so Lena Khan, the chair of the Federal Trade Commission, became famous because she wrote a law review paper 20 years ago. And her complaint was Amazon's prices are too low. That that was that was the whole again, Carl. Say it again for the audience at home who's a little slow in the uptake. Amazon prices are too, too low. Yeah, that's that's not a slip. That's not a mistake. Like, man, I would like in the current economic status, I would love to have the problem of something being too too low priced right this is um, the anti so she, the anti jimmy mcmillan instead of the 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 prices are being or the rents too damn high the prices are too damn low that just seems a little counterintuitive yeah. but continue carl she thought that was that was unfair unfair to all the other poor businesses that have to compete like walmart like target like best buy that have to compete with amazon well you know what that led to that led to those other businesses lowering their prices hmm. And who won? You won. I won. Your listeners won. Consumers won. What did Amazon do that she didn't like as well? Well, Amazon started making two-day delivery free and standard. If you remember back 10, 15 years ago, the idea of getting a delivery in two days was, was a pipe dream. You'd pay a fortune for it. Nobody, nobody did that. Now everybody does it. I don't care if you're going to the supermarket, you're going to Target, you're going to Walmart, they all give free two-day delivery. And why? 
because Amazon did it first and they pushed their competitors to do it. But to Lena Khan, this is bad. And why is it bad? That really doesn't make any sense is, is the end of the day. It, it, it's bad because she believes it's bad. Mm. It's bad because she built her entire legal career on the fact that Amazon is inherently bad. And therefore, if that's wrong, she's wrong and she has no foundation to stand on. So when it comes to antitrust law, it is based, it's actually pretty easy to prove. Uh, there's a lot of laws out there that are pretty darn hard to prove. Murder is a good example of a law that's uh, hard to prove. Because murder, you, you not only have to show the body, you not only have to show the murder weapon, you not only have to show that the defendant used the murder weapon, you have to show that they meant to kill that person. Antitrust law is actually pretty easy. You, you, all you need is some, some simple facts. One, uh, as, as you outlined, Brian, uh, mar it's called market power, uh, 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 monopoly status, market power. It's, it's basically you need more than about 70% of the market share. That's one. Two, you're abusing that market share. And three, that is harming consumers. That's it. You have those facts. You have a slam dunk antitrust case, an easy slam dunk antitrust case that isn't being brought. And I don't know why would be something against somebody like Ticketmaster, right? Ticketmaster clearly has the monopoly because they're the only place to buy tickets. Uh, they are intentionally preventing competitors from getting into new markets by telling stadiums, if you use somebody else, we'll shut you out completely. And it's harming consumers. I don't know about you, Ticketmaster, the website stinks. The fees keep going up and the quality keeps going down. That's a slam dunk case of antitrust law. That's how you bring a case. It's not being brought because I, I have no idea. And instead, it's being brought against businesses like Amazon and uh, famously by Google over at the Department of Justice. And the arguments there are, well, Amazon has a monopoly on online sales. That is actually part of the complaint. Now, that just does that defies logic. My wife literally today just bought a bunch of stuff from Target. I just the other day bought something from another small seller called Quincy. We shop online at dozens of different businesses all the time. Sometimes Amazon, sometimes somebody else. Depends on who's got the best price, who's going to get it to me fastest. And sometimes who has a store that I can return it to in person. So the, the argument against Amazon breaks on its first prong. Second, that they're doing something sketchy. Let's set that to the side. You have to prove all three. And that it's harming consumers. I don't know about you, but my life is better because Amazon's in it. My life is better because Google is in it. Uh, I use those products because they are the best, because they make my life easier. And when they don't give me the stuff that I want at the best prices, at fastest times, the best service, I go somewhere else. I'm not locked into any of them. So antitrust law was originally created in a world where you had like the one store you could shop at. But now we have all the stores all the time. And that's what's completely missing is just a sense of logic. So why are they doing this? Because if they can seize control over businesses, they can seize control over the economy. And if you're one of these businesses, you're going to stop trying to innovate. You're going to stop trying to grow because the more you grow, the more you innovate, the better you make it, the lower the prices are, the more evidence that you are allegedly giving to the Federal Trade Commission or the Department of Justice to destroy your business. And I'm not just making this up. So I mentioned something called Illumina Grail. This was a merger that is the most common sense merger on the planet. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it, it used to be part of the same company. They kind of split apart. Now they were trying to get back together and they were creating kind of life-saving drugs. The CEO who proposed this merger ended up losing his job when it got blocked. And that sent shockwaves through the entire economy that if you try to do what it should have been just an obvious acquisition and lose, you're going to lose your job. And so that has a real chilling effect on acquisitions, on mergers. And that's really dangerous. At the end of the day, what this means for everyone who's listening is prices will go up, choice will go down, and lives will be worse off than they are today. And that's the end result. That's the misery. That's the goal for some strange reason of Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare, uh, truthfully. But I mean, here we are, you know, end of the episode and everybody who's listening is like, well, doom and gloom, Carl. Thanks. They really appreciate you making us all feel like we have a big downer now. But you, you, I know you're not going to leave us hanging like that because rumor has it no. that there is some legislation in the works called a one agency act that might be um, able to help us out here. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so basically, right now, antitrust law operates on something called the Consumer Welfare Standard. It's a very long story. Uh, antitrust law has been around for 100 years. About 50 years ago, we had this whole thing of, oh, these I don't like that business, therefore, we're going to enforce against it. And we decided that was silly. That didn't make any sense. Uh, 50 years ago, we had something called harm to competition or significant harm to competition. Uh, which basically meant if I lower my prices and somebody doesn't and my competitor doesn't want to lower it, that I made them worse off. But that makes consumers better off. So we actually evolved our antitrust law. We grew. We became smarter. And we abandoned what I call medieval antitrust, what they still have in Europe. And we said that we're going to focus on how consumers are harmed, how consumers are benefited. And that actually works really darn well because a lot of data gives us clear guidance and it prevents kind of rogue agencies like Federal Trade Commission, Department of Justice from weaponizing antitrust law to go after political opponents like we're seeing with the suits against Amazon and Google and many others. Okay, so the One Agency Act, you set it up, Brian, does two important things. One, uh, as the name would imply, the One Agency Act says, why do we have two government agencies doing the same thing? It, it, it's the old, old adage of the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. And simultaneously, why are we as taxpayers paying for two sets of analysts, two sets of lawyers when we only need one? So the One Agency Act would say, you know what? Federal Trade Commission, you get back to actually protecting consumers and you're doing a really bad job at that right, right now. Consumer fraud's up 300% under the current administration. You focus on consumer fraud. Department of Justice, you go enforce antitrust law. That's step one. Step two is, it puts into law the consumer welfare standard. It says, you know what? We are going to make crystal clear for every enforcer of antitrust law that we are not returning to medieval antitrust. We are not going to do what Europe does, which is 50 years behind the American goal. It's like they're basically uh, you know, on analog, we're on digital. We're gonna stay on digital and we're gonna enshrine into the law the consumer welfare standard which has been one of the greatest tools for American success in the past 50 years. So that's the One Agency Act. Everyone should get out there and support it. Uh, Senator Lee is the author of it over in the Senate. It's logical. It makes sense. Stop double paying for one product, which the government loves to do, and, and make sure 
that we stay the digital path blazing, future driven antitrust approach and we don't return to the analog medieval antitrust of Europe or Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Carl, I have a, another quick question here before we go to final thoughts, and that is uh, we look and we see whenever a law is passed, more often than not, the folks behind said laws are doing so with the best of intentions, the best of intentions. And yet, fast forward 50, 60, 70 years, those laws have ended up leading to just absolutely insane, unintended consequences. Now, I'm not saying that the One Agency Act could lead us down that path. However, do you see any you know red flags or anything we should be aware of when we're going down this path here so we don't have unintended consequences? Or I guess, what's ways that you would recommend to keep our eye on the prize here? Is it something with sunsetting various laws, bureaucracies? Talk to us about what your, your thought process is there. I mean... Like on a macro scale, I think we should sunset every regulation uh, every five years and force agencies to rewrite them. I thought uh, the idea of one uh, one in, two out for regulations under the last administration was a great idea uh, at, at a macro level. But when it comes to the One Agency Act, the reason that, and, and you correctly identify, there are probably unintended consequences that we can't see coming down the pike. But I will tell you this right now. Right now, we are on the wrong course. Right now, I am hearing time and time again that, quote, Europe is ahead of us on antitrust law. Europe is ahead of us in taking uh, taking action on technology. Europe is ahead of us. And that's like saying the person running off the cliff is ahead of you and we're lagging behind and we need to catch up. If you look at Europe right now, not a single innovation is coming out of that entire continent. Not a single tech company is coming out of that entire continent. If you look at the history of America, whether it is electricity, the light bulb, the television, the radio, the internet, the computer, all these technological innovations came from the United States. And that's because we fundamentally believe in freedom. We fundamentally believe in the freedom to experiment, to innovate, to, to create, to develop, and to build. That doesn't happen in Europe. So anyone who's out there saying we should be more like Europe is completely wrong. And unfortunately, if we don't step up and shut down with legislation, clear legislation, this rogue medieval antitrust effort from people like Senator Elizabeth Warren, people like uh, Department of Justice, uh, Jonathan Cantor, people like FTC Chair Lena Khan, we are going to end up paralyzing businesses. So that's why it is essential that we do this now, because we need to stop this train before it completely derails. Better get involved with politics. Otherwise, politics is going to get involved with you. I've been saying that here on the show since yeah. 2018. And boy, oh boy, it's pretty darn true, ain't it? Uh, folks, we, we have these conversations on The Brian Nichols Show twice a week. And we have these specific types of conversations, not to scare you, not to doom and gloom, but rather to offer viable solutions to the very real problems that we, we face. And it's one thing to identify a problem, right? It's another thing to address said problem. And far too often we see folks more on the right side of the political aisle, and I'll classify my audience more, more or less in that, that camp. We tend to point at the problem and we scream problem. 
but we don't really bring the solution to the table. Folks are tired of just hearing there's a problem. They actually want to know that there are folks out there who have the wherewithal to meet that problem where it's at and address said problem with a real, practical, tangible solution. Not pie-in-the-sky stuff, right? This is real stuff we can start to do to make things better overnight. Now, will this be a magic bullet? No. Is it the, the magic pill? No. And there never will be a magic pill. There never will be a magic bullet. But there will be means to take incremental steps towards the right direction. And I would say that, you know, Carl, this is absolutely a step in the right direction, especially when it's making folks like Elizabeth Warren, the Pocahontas that she is, so frustrated that you're uh, you're having such success in having these conversations. So Carl Zabo, please keep it up. And with that being said, uh, for your final thoughts, what do you have for us? And also, where can folks go ahead and continue the conversation with you on social media? Would they uh, want to reach out? Yeah, I mean, my final thoughts are, look, this is the greatest nation on the planet. I I listed through all the amazing innovations, inventions that came from the United States of America. We, once upon a time, you know, you you had the, the Renaissance and what killed it? The Dark Ages. And what was the Dark Ages about? It was about government controlling everything. You couldn't even farm land unless the Lord let you do it. And how do we survive that? Well, we got the Enlightenment, and that's what our founders were doing and learning when they created the Constitution. That is the secret sauce for the United States of America is freedom. And it sounds pedantic. It sounds like something on a T-shirt. I literally have a T-shirt that says the word freedom. But it is the secret sauce of America is what makes us the best, the most innovative, the most creative, the most developmentally advanced nation on the planet. We must not lose that. The more power you hand to the government, the more power it will seize and use against us. And antitrust is just one example. So you're exactly right, Brian. We can't just we can't just complain about something. We gotta have a solution. That solution starts with things like the One Agency Act. And that solution starts with people not buying what we're being told. I literally had uh, Jonathan Cantor and Lena Khan, as I said, these are super lefty progressives come out and told people that they were textualists and people started drinking that Kool-Aid. Don't buy it. Think for yourself. Look at what they're doing, not just what they're saying. And when somebody says that they're a textualist and then tries to like pass regulation through the executive branch, you know they're not. <laughs> so let's be smart. Let's get some legislation enshrined. And let's keep America the beacon, that that amazing you know, guiding light on the hill of freedom for the rest of the world. Carl Zabo, vice president and general counsel for net choice and professor of internet law at George Mason's university's Scalia law school. Carl has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. And folks, if you got some value from today's conversation, or heck, if you know some folks who would get some value from today's conversation, you know the drill. Go ahead, give it a share. When you do, please tag yours truly at bnicholsliberty.x.com. Facebook is where you can go ahead and find yours truly. Carl, where can folks go ahead and reach out to you? Yeah, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. I want to know your thoughts, so leave them in the comments below. That's kind of my joke. Um, but you can follow me on the X at Carl Zabo. You can learn more about NetChoice at netchoice.org, N-E-T-C-H-O-I-C-E.org. You got a lot, a lot of lawsuits, a lot of uh, activity, and we'd love to hear from you. 
And for our audio listeners, Zabo, S-Z-A-B-O. And by the way, for everyone listening today, all links are, are going to be um, brought up here in the show notes, uh, YouTube description, wherever it is you're consuming the episode today. Find all those links right there in the show notes. And uh, with that being said, where can you find the show? Uh, you found us somewhere, so thank you for finding us. But in case you want to find us somewhere else, well, for the audio version of the show, you can find it pretty much anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube Music, Podcast Addict, wherever it is, just do yourself a favor. Hit that subscribe button, number one. And number two, hit download all unplayed episodes. We have ballpark like 790 episodes of the Brian Nichols Show going all the way back to January 2018 and beyond, believe it or not. So that's option number one. Option number two, yes, we are a video show as well. So you can go ahead and find us over on, yes, the traditionals, YouTube, Rumble, but also you can find uh, the entire episodes uploaded to x.com as well as to Ben Swan's Sovereign, S-O-V, R-E-N, which, by the way, if you are joining us on Sovereign, well, congratulations, you're seeing today's episode before anyone else. That's your Sovereign exclusive. And beyond that, if you guys want to go ahead and support the show, well, every little bit goes right back here into the program to help us pay for the, the electricity, pay for the internet, pay for the studio space, all that and more. It all helps. So make a donation one time or recurring over at briannicholshow.com forward slash support. Also, uh, back to our Cardio Miracle Studio sponsors. If you guys want to go ahead and take part in the Cardio Miracle difference, well, make sure you head to CardioMiracle.com. Use code TBNS for 15% off your order. But with that being said, that's all we have for you. So, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Carl Zabo. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at BrianNicholsShow.com.